Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. And we are live back here on the Nothing But Net podcast with another episode. I am your host, S-Dot. We have the Cinderella's advancing, Mike. It's been an incredible second round. We still have a game seven to be played. Um, we have all NBA teams that came out. What a week in the NBA, Mike. What's going on, my guy? Yeah, man, what's good? Uh, yeah, you said it. Uh, what a week. In fact, um, a lot of stuff that I think people probably, maybe people predicted it. Maybe not. Um, but to me, it's been some surprises, and I think that's um, – or maybe not surprises, just straying away from like chalk and what people uh, expected and maybe the norm of what people are used to in, in terms of uh, NBA playoffs. So especially with a lot of uh, these names that have been, you know, cemented in, in greatness essentially for a while um, in the NBA. So it's been a good week. Uh, you're right. We have a little more to go here for round two. So uh, we'll see what happens. But it's good to be here today and talk about some games. Yeah, just a just a phenomenal week of basketball. There were so many different scenarios that were kind of setting up. We thought there could potentially be maybe a team that blew a three one lead, never turned out. Um, we thought after the Suns won uh, the way they did in Phoenix twice, we thought they were going to make this a more competitive series than what it ended up being. Um, but at the top of the week, before we dive into the playoff stuff, the All NBA teams have co- uh, come out. Obviously, this is going to be the last year of positions, so um, I think this is going to look a lot different next week or next year, I should say. Um, but at the top, first team we have Luca at guard, SGA as a second guard, Jason Tatum and Giannis at the forwards, Joel Embiid, obviously the MVP. Uh, that wraps up the first team. Second team we have Donovan Mitchell, Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, And then the third team is De'Aaron Fox, Damian Lillard, LeBron James, Julius Randle, and DeMontis Sabonis. Um, First headline here, LeBron is the first player in year 20 or later to make an all-NBA team, so shout out to him. Um, Mike, what was your first – what jumped out to you when you first saw these teams? Uh, I think we we spoke a little bit about it. Love the fact that SGA is on the first team. Um, no doubt in my mind that he deserves that. I mean, this guy was getting maybe not first place MVP votes, but getting some in, in some capacity. And what he did this year is incredible. So that I'm really glad that he made that first team. Um, I'm looking at it. And again, we when we were you know speaking about this the other day, it's just like wild to me that you know, and I'm, I'm glad we're moving away from this next year, but like somebody like Jokic gets on a second team this year. Um, and I get how it's, it's positioned. These, um, all NBAs are, are positioned right now. So, uh, you know, Embiid gets the center position for the first team. So Jokic can't, but it's just, it's, that's, a, that's one part of like, man, I'm glad we're moving away from this. Uh, then, I'm also pretty happy about uh, De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis getting on there. I think they had really good years. I think I'm a little surprised by Randall on third team. 
Um, maybe a little surprised by Butler on second team, and that's no slight to those guys. Uh, but overall, I'm pretty good with this list. Um, I think we uh, you're going to talk about a snub here in a second. Yeah, I kind of I don't necessarily have a snub of a guy who didn't make it. Well, I do. I have one of those, and I have one guy. If you are done your point, I can roll into that. Mm-hmm. Um. So my snob, I, I personally I would put Lowry Marketing over Julius Randle. Um I like I that, just yeah. I obviously understand that the Knicks probably needed someone for the year that they had, but that's not what necessarily this is about. And what Lowry Marketing did as a number one option every single night, um, they were a competitive basketball team for the first about half uh of the season. They you know that we were talking about this team being uh at least a play in team, and obviously they took their foot off the gas. Um, to get a better draft selection. But the the other one I wanted to bring up here, Mike, was the reaction out of Donovan Mitchell, the FOH tweet um, right after the teams get announced. I kind of agree with him, and I'm going to make the point, and you can tell me if I'm biased or not. Luka Doncic team didn't make the playoffs. Um, he had a phenomenal year, but I, I don't know. I just have a hard time putting uh, two guys over Donovan Mitchell after the year Donovan Mitchell had. His team won 51 games. Obviously, the playoff disappointment, but the playoffs have nothing to do with here because obviously we saw Julius Randle not being played as much in a series, maybe got benched in a, at a time last night. Um, so I, I have a little question with the Donovan Mitchell thing. He was just absolutely phenomenal. I think he might have been kind of snubbed of a first-team guard spot. I personally would have put Luka on second, and now I know that's going to bring a lot of blowbacks. Everyone's like, oh, Donovan Mitchell or uh, Luka Doncic is top five in the world, yada, yada, yada. That's fine, but that's not what this is about. This is about this one season. And as good as Luka was in the first half of the season, um, is everything fell apart on him in the second half of the year to where like that never happened with Donovan nor his team. Um, that's just something I want to get your thoughts on. I think your your point is, you know, you're not biased with it. Um, that's valid. I just think it's tough with Luka had, I mean, you said it, his start of his year was just incredible and definitely slowed down after that um man it's just i don't know if it's any voter bias on you know that part with it's luka Doncic's all you know superstar in the nba and he gets that it's a it's just a tough get for me i think for donovan mitchell over luka I, i don't i think the playoffs what he's done bringing the Cavs uh to the playoffs his year I agree with all that. I don't disagree with you. I just think it's such a, a tough spot to be in. I, and, and so if you want to say snub for it, I could I could roll with that. The other thing, I, I the other player I want to mention, and I, were you mentioning another player here? No, that was all I had, Lowry and then Donovan Mitchell, maybe first team. I think we mentioned uh, Devin Booker, too. Yeah. Um, and I, that Not an all-star, to... not an all-NBA guy, and... Do you think that comes down to just injury and just like didn't have a great year or like, I just think the guard spot is just absolutely loaded. Cause I mean, yeah. Drew holiday is another name that could very well be on here in some sense. Guard spots just loaded. That's why I think I like the position list better. And I think you made a good point the other day too, that it's, it's right now we're looking at it like, Oh, Devin Booker didn't make it. It's because Devin Booker was playing out of his mind in the playoffs. So uh, that we're, we're maybe looking at it through kind of a, you know, a little influence recency. Uh, and I'm guys. probably doing the same thing on Julius Randle. Um, with Ju- I mean, Lowry Marketing, 
uh, we didn't see him play in the playoffs, and that is what that is. Uh, I think we kind of expected that uh, before the season. When the season was going on, it kind of felt like they should have been a playing team, but then it also felt like, yeah, they they feel like there are a lot. They could add a really nice lottery pick to a nice loaded draft class this upcoming year, and then um, they can, uh, you know, obviously help their team more in the long run. But the Julius Randle thing, maybe that's where I lean with Randle because uh, just this postseason has really changed how I view Julius Randle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple guys I think that just had – there's some guys who had excellent postseasons and some guys that really did not show up, and I think that makes or break some of these teams. Anthony Davis, obviously, the injuries. But, I mean, look at his case now. I mean, I think people – are already jumping at back to the fact that this guy is in the conversation with Jokic and Embiid is the best center. And I think that's acceptable when he's healthy and he's been healthy and he's been really good this postseason. Um, best player on the Lakers, I've said it and I'll continue to say it, just his impact uh, on the paint has changed the first two series so far. And uh, I think Anthony Davis will be, is just being looked at a little differently today than he was probably eight weeks ago. 100%. Let's move into the playoffs, Mike. Um, ah, sigh, man. We're going to start with uh, the series that we still have going on. A 3.30 tip for Game 7 tomorrow. Sitting in prime time, we have two legendary franchises. We have the Celtics. We have the 76ers. The implications of this Game 7, Mike, could be dramatic due to the All-NBA teams. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are both due for the Super max contracts we've already heard rumblings before about potentially jalen brown kind of you know maybe wanting to be an alpha somewhere kind of sniffing around saying you know i I want my money i want this and that well now the celtics are going to have to offer all of that or people believe there could be something going on there in boston they have a lot of money due to some older guys like malcolm brogdon who's going to be 30 marcus smart what are they going to do with robert williams All those questions come up in a Game 7 loss. And if you look at the other side of the court with the 76ers, it's kind of a similar thing. And James Harden and the Houston Rockets rumors, they have all this money to all these guys. If James Harden leaves, they still just can't go out and sign a max guy. So what? how do they fill those voids? It is going to be a very interesting Game 7. And the loser will join the Bucks and the Mavericks as one of these teams with one of these top five players in the world with a ton of pressure on them this offseason. Mike, what are your thoughts so far on the series, and how do you feel going into Game 7? It's been a very fun series to watch. Um, very, some very interesting games. Uh, we've seen close games. We've seen games that have looked like they're going to be a blowout. Um and then have gone close again. My prediction of Boston, I think it was, yeah, I guess it was last game and last podcast. I said, I think Boston's just come out, going to come out here and, and blow out the Celtics. That was, that was very wrong that day. Um, game seven, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, to me, and we were talking about it is like, I feel like the 76ers missed an opportunity last game. I, I feel like they had had it down the stretch. They can close, and then they just were underperforming. I don't think they had good offensive possessions. Um, they seemed to force some things or were waiting for somebody to do something, and it, and it just didn't happen. Uh, and then Jason Tatum kind of had a you know 
not very good game and then all of a sudden is you know three threes almost back to back to back or definitely back to back threes that kind of uh cemented it for uh the Celtics so definitely the 76ers have proven they can they can win in Boston so they definitely have it in them but I think this road is very tough for them now um heading to Boston for a game seven um with Celtics I think just found like a a newfound breath in life the the story that you just touched on that we got to talk about here Jason Tatum I mean Jason Tatum is a fourth quarter maybe half a fourth quarter away from going through some scrutiny that I don't think he's ever really had um that first three and a half quarter performance out of Jason Tatum uh would have signaled a lot of different and not so good things Mike what my first question to you, I'm going to ask this just straight up because I think it's becoming a valid question. Is Jason Tatum, can he be a one, a number, a true number one option, a one alpha on a championship winning team? Because my honest thoughts, I don't want to get caught up in recency. I don't think it is getting caught up in recency because of the finals last year. We kind of see saw they were up. They had a chance to go up 3-1. They let it slip and not able to get anything control. We've just seen Jason Tatum come up short uh, a lot of times here. Are you starting to be concerned that maybe he is just a Paul George, just kind of like that one really, really good 1B guy? Or is he like a true number one can win you a title guy? Man, the Paul George comparison is actually very, <laughs> that's very good. Um, he's still young. He's still, I mean, he's been in the uh, playoffs and has been obviously to the finals. So uh, I think he has that in him. I think it may be a little early to count him out still as a number one but he's just not a good playoff player. i mean he has like spots like games where he like he'll go out, he'll get 40 like great but then he has these games where he's two for 12 and scoring 13 points and it just can't happen his consistency definitely concerns me in the playoffs but i don't know it's not easy defenses are tough in the playoffs um his regular season play would suggest that, yeah, this guy is an alpha, a true number one. Um, but like we're saying, playoffs is a different beast. It's uh, essentially a different season. So that that would concern me most. I think he still has it in him to be a, the number one and alpha on championship team. But it's that is <laughs> if this inconsistency continues, then that is slowly getting harder to argue for. I agree. It's uh, I mean, it's just time after time, like time, it's in big games it's in moments. He obviously took over the biggest moment in game six. So obviously kudos to him. But my follow up question to that, Mike. Is Jason Tatum actually a number one? And maybe part of the issue is they have overlapping talents with Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown just might not be the best run mate with Jason Tatum. Do you believe that's true or like, do you think these guys can coexist and win a title? That's kind of where I'm pushing this. I have to say yes, although the gap between, and we've mentioned this, the gap between Tatum and Brown is far closer than I think what people uh, give it credit to or acknowledge. I think Jason Tatum gets a lot of the media and a lot of, I don't know uh, what I want to say. 
Oh, just the, the spotlight, the attention, the spotlight, the attention, just kind of like the ties to success of the Celtics. But man, I, I think Jalen Brown really holds this team together as well. I do think they can still be a championship team. I, I mean, we in a couple weeks time, this conversation could be irrelevant if they end up winning a championship. So I have to believe that they that they can win a championship together. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I have to stand on that for right now. Yeah, I, I think it's valid. I think Nerf gun to my head, I would probably be betting on the Celtics um, being able to win with these two guys. It's just, you know, we used to have this conversation like, which one of them is going to get traded? Which one of them is going to get traded? And then they stick it through and they make this improbable run after the second half of the season started last year where they demolished everybody until the NBA Finals. Demolished everybody. And, um, you know, took care of business. And then this year, it, it was looking the same way, same way, same way. And then it's like the second half of the year hits, and it's the opposite story where now they're just trying to get by, get by, get by. Um, that's the concern I have them within getting into this game seven. This is a situation where you can't just try to get by. Like, you have to go win this thing like they did in game six. Um, now, Billy only scoring 13 points in the fourth quarter the other night, uh, just wasting this golden opportunity down 16 early. Kind of thought they were about to get ran out of the building. Just this typical Philly performance. And then all of a sudden, Mike, they uh, they they grind their way back. This Embiid push. And they're just dominant. And they're doing all these things. Tyrese Maxey yet again has another big game. Um, James Harden was mad. But Joel Embiid was really good. And it just felt like the Sixers were finally going to do this. And I was getting excited. But ultimately, Mike, it's the same story in Philly. Uh, the, they just can't close the door. And I think the first person we have to look at in the Philly side of things is the coach, Doc Rivers. 17 and 32 in elimination games ain't going to cut it. Um, do we we have to think he's fired if this ultimately comes up short yet again, right? Right, Mike? It, it has to lean that way. They might have a little Embiid winning an MVP, them giving the Celtics a good run might go a little ways for him but i don't know um yeah you you said it it's, something's just kind of not working for them closing out games he's awful in game sevens i mean we don't have to sugarcoat it he's awful i don't i don't know what if it's a stroke of bad luck if it's um he's just playing i don't know good teams and good teams go off against him if his strategies I, I don't know what it is but doc rivers is just struggles in game seven so I think if he falls short in this one, you make a good point. I don't know. What do you do if you're the 76ers? I mean, I think he has good relationships with his players. I think his players kind of value and respect him. Um, but when push comes to shove, we're firing. We, we just said it, Mike Budenholzer. Like we, we're firing championship coaches, and he hasn't provided that so uh, since the Celtics way back in the day. So um, it push comes to shove he might be on his way out if they they drop this game correct me if i'm wrong here but philly has lost like the last three or four years in the second round james harden is still kind of new to the program we understand that but for doc rivers and joel and b this is this is your hurdle like this is the hurdle you thought you were gonna have to play the bucks you don't have to do that now if you can get through the celtics you're I mean, when they went up 3-2, they were the favorite to win the title. So you have to imagine 
that Vegas likes Philly. And if they win this game, Philly's going to be the favorite to win the title. This feels like the hurdle um, that they really need to get over. And that's going to bring me uh, to concern for that next series because we know Philly disappoints. That could be coming off that huge high. That could be a tough series that they just might be a little too in the clouds for for game one. Something we'll get into uh, next episode. But this is the time. This is what Philly is here for. They put all this together. James Harden took a pay cut. Um, Joel Embiid is the MVP. They both got snubbed of being, well, Joel Embiid wasn't a starter in the All-Star game. James Harden was an All-Star. They've had all this disrespect all year. And it feels like this Game 7 is where they can validate a lot of different things. I think this Game 7, if they won, could potentially validate James Harden's career in a sense, especially if they get to the finals. Um, I think it could validate Joel Embiid's MVP season. Now, does any of this need validation? Not at all. But to a lot of people, they want validation. And I think the 76ers, if they won this game seven somehow, um, I think it validates just a lot of different things. And it shows why they were all in, why all this makes sense now. Because the trust the process thing, man, if we go back and look through how they built those teams, there's only one guy left from it, and it's Joel Embiid. So it's been a it's been a long rocky time for the Sixers throughout this process. Um, we're kind of at the end, and this is where it's time for it to pay off. And uh, they have their hands full. The good note, though, Mike, the Celtics are only nine and ten in their last nineteen home games in the playoffs. So obviously a huge concern. Um, what are you looking for in this matchup? And if you've already kind of covered that, which we kind of have, but what is your prediction in this game set? I just I want to go back to a point you kind of just touched on too is that I, I think this game seven is kind of legacy building. Is that is that am I hoping that up too much? No, this is a legacy game for Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers, Joel Missoula, and Jalen Brown and James yeah. Harden. Everything's okay. on the table. Yeah, this is like a I mean, without gassing up too much, like for these those people individually, uh, individually, this is kind of like a career game for them. Um, so it's got to be. I have to think all hands on deck and everybody just sent effort. Um, who? Uh, what do you want me to say, dude? I, I it's hard to not go with the Celtics here. Um, I want to go. I, I want to go seventy sixers. I do. The it's the seventy sixers inability to close a game versus the toss-up of the Celtics consistency and three-point shooting ability. If Celtics are shooting great from three, I think this game's over. I think it's like still a good game. I think it's close, but I think Celtics have it. If they're not shooting great, um, then it's got to be Tatum and Brown putting in a lot of work and getting things done. And I don't know if we've seen that consistently from both of them throughout the series and the playoffs seems like it seems like they're not just gelling at the same time. Like Brown will start off with the first uh, good first quarter Tatum struggling. Uh, and then kind of like last game, he comes alive fourth quarter. Uh, so they haven't been on the same page. I do kind of think they get on the same page. I think they had the taste of the finals last year. I think they want to get there. Um, so I'm going to lean Celtics. I don't feel confident with it because I'm kind of kind of just want the 76ers. Uh, like you said, something new, something different. Um, but the 76ers can certainly go in there and win. As I said earlier, they've proven they can do that. But I, I got to lean Celtics. Yeah. Um, it. This is my thing. 
this is the one. There's a couple of things Philly should feel good about. One of them, there's literally no one you can trust in this game. I don't trust Joe Missoula yet. He hasn't proven um, that he's able to win a game seven in a feels like a turning point of the playoffs. He, I don't really trust Jason Tatum. He is what, like one for 22 or like 0 for 19 in the last three games, first quarters or something. He's not really playing well. Yes, he caught fire. Jason Tatum's the guy who can go 0 for 6 and then make his next 14 shots. Kind of saw that happen last game at the end of the game. Um, can't trust James Harden. We know that. We can't trust Dark Rivers. We know that. Joel Embiid is probably the guy you can lean on the most to trust. Um, I don't know. They fig they figured something out with that Robert Williams lineup. It allows them to just keep Robert Williams in the paint while PJ Tucker sits in the corner. I think the game's going to come down to if PJ Tucker uh, can knock down corner threes and who knows? It's a game seven. Literally anything can happen. It's one game. Um, I think Philly needs to find Embiid in the post more, uh, get him in that isolation spot that he likes that mid post where he can either pull up for a jumper, uh, make a quick move to the cup. Um, I just don't know who I could trust here. I think you have to lean with the home teams to stat show like 75% of home teams win game seven. So I think you kind of got to lean there. Um, but like I said, I don't trust anyone. I think this is a phenomenal game seven where truly anything can happen. I think when I first, after my initial reaction to game six was the series is completely over. But then when you start thinking about Boston, man, they just have all these little red flags that could all come up in one game and cost you everything that we thought they were. And then the narrative could just flip so quickly. Um, and it would flip for both sides quickly, right? Philly goes to the Eastern conference finals. I think we're talking about them potentially in another light. And then Boston, I, I, I don't know personally, I want to see Philly win, but my prediction would be Boston. Um, I just, you have to trust them a little more. They don't have the best player, but I think, uh, I think Jason Tatum has to show up after last performance. Yeah. I think role players, um, and this, I've, I've said it and this is not great news, but I think role players are going to play a huge factor into this game. We as just, they always do in game seven as they always, always do. do and and i hate to say it or the old saying goes i think this is more of a betting uh, standpoint but you bet on like stars on the road and then you bet on role players at home so if that's true clearly i don't know much about betting <laughs> um but that's kind of just the saying so if you believe in that then uh you'd think some of these celtics role players step up big and uh, you know get it done and how good was malcolm brogdon last yeah, game I got know. it going early kept them you know just got that early lead pushed it out granted they don't have that early lead they probably don't win that game so big shots yeah we, he was incredible we called it kind of um one of the games right before the pod or one of the podcasts right before the game uh we said you know Embiid's due for a big game um you know you you said maxi and you hit that one uh on point who do you think has a big game here i mean i know you, you kind of touched upon uh you don't know who really but if you had to pick a guy to like no he's gonna go out there and get it done doesn't mean that they're scoring 35 but like who steps up big here i think it's Derek white i think we're due for the Derek white game kind of yeah. been a little off this postseason um like you said role players usually play better at home i'm looking right at Derek white to uh 
have an impact offensively and defensively. Okay. I like that. Um, Defensive second team, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm looking for Derek White. He uh, He's played better in the regular season than he has so far in the postseason. Still like him as a postseason player. Just he can shoot it. He can defend. He does a lot of cool things. I like Derek White. Who do you have? You know, I don't know why. I, I, we've talked about legacy. I think James Harden might see kind of the clock kind of ticking here. I, I I know it's easy to say, oh, Tatum's do it for one. Brown, Embiid. I kind of just, maybe it's just because he he's not a, an insanely good playoff player or a, hasn't been in his career, I should say, with Harden. Um, but I, I think I'm just going to lean him. Give me like a good, almost maybe a triple double performance from him. Um, just getting out there, and it doesn't mean he has to score again thirty five or thirty, but you know maybe just like facilitates, gets to his spots, get people open, um, does what he needs to do to win. You know, I would love that for James Harden, man. I really would, and I think if James Harden had that kind of game, I think the Sixers would win. And I think this would be the best series that James Harden's had in his career. Yeah, he's had a couple stinkers, but. He's had two of his best playoff games in this performance, and if he shows up for Game 7, um, it'd be a huge playoff moment for James Harden. Moving in... is that That's all we're good here, right? That's all we yep, got? Yep. Okay. Moving into the series that are over, we are going to start with the 6-7 matchup, the Warriors and the Lakers, and LeBron and the Lakers are the first team to take down this Warriors team when they've had Steph, Clay, and Dre and Steve Kerr in the Western Conference playoffs, Mike. The first team. I don't even know how we're at this point. The Lakers, we can keep going over it. They make the moves at the deadline. It's just completely flipped everything about this team. We talked about it right before the playoffs. Like, Do we think the Lakers are contenders? I think we all said yeah, and I think we're all looking a little smarter because of that. Um, I think it was just very hard to see the Lakers ever being at this point. They were obviously always capable of doing so, Mike. But man, now that we're here, it's just like, as I've said, all postseason, the further you get in, the more you look back, it's just crazier and crazier how we've made it to this point with the Lakers. What were your thoughts on the series as the Lakers beat down the Warriors in game six and close it out? A couple things, and you did uh, say it earlier, Anthony Davis is the best person, is the best player on this Lakers team. Clearly, clearly, clearly no shot at LeBron. Um, LeBron could go next series and be the best player in that series, and nobody obviously would be surprised. But Anthony Davis is just uh, playing at a different level than he was for the majority of the season. Part of that's for injury. Part of that's inconsistency. But the playoffs have really uh, kind of woken him. My next thing uh, kind of about this series is this just wasn't the same like Warriors team that we saw from last year, huh? Or in years past. And obviously that's you know, a personnel and, and maybe age thing as well. Um, just not the same team. Just didn't seem like they were playing with the same confidence or same fire, I feel. Uh, Steph Curry, all the credit to him, goes out there and pretty much has a plays great every game. Um, maybe a couple we'll call it off games for him or maybe not what, you know, we're accustomed to seeing for him always, but he didn't really have the, this whole round two right now, or actually let me, let me pop here for the games last night. 
uh, with the Miami and New York and then LA and Golden State came down to teams who teams, not one person, teams who showed up and then players who didn't show up uh, and that made the difference here. And to me, nobody really on the Warriors stepped up other than Steph Curry. Uh, Clay didn't look good. Uh, Wiggins, I feel subpar. I feel like Draymond had an all right series. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, I think, is your next highest scorer off the bench with 16, if I have that right. Um, and then you look at the Lakers here, and the Lakers just had much more uh, contribution from people. I think Austin Reeves had a great game, and that, I feel, is just the difference in that series is that the Lakers felt like they were just more of a complete team playing at a higher level. And that's weird to say when you're going against a <laughs> warrior team that has been a machine for a decade, but they they just didn't look like the same team to me that we saw last year. I agree. I think we should definitely start with the Warriors piece here. They're the team that heading into golf season a little early than they usually do. Um, we know the DNA of this team is t- finals or bust. I think the first thing we got to look at is Jordan Poole. Like, I, I hate, I hate to do this to anyone just to keep bringing it up but zero points in the first half with four fouls i i don't know like it's just becoming (laughs) tougher and tougher to like regain any trust in this guy i think if jordan they had the jordan pool from last year i think the warriors might have actually won this series i think the warriors issue in the series is as you kind of alluded to was just not ever having a consistent second option um, guy showed up for moments, but when Wiggins had those fractured ribs and he does have the gut to play, or he does gut it out and play, you could tell he was hurt. He didn't look right last night. And 15 points a game, go back and look at his numbers last year in the playoffs. This was their, this was the guy who could get you a bucket at any time. And that's a big reason why they won the finals. And I think it's a big reason why they're not just as big as Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's minutes did decline last year in the postseason. I think that gets overlooked sometimes. A lot of people also overlook the fact that Andrew Wiggins was like this isolation hub who could get them a bucket from three, get in the mid-range. He was so good last year. And to kind of see this from Andrew Wiggins this year, obviously we know he missed, I believe it was like two months of the regular season. And then obviously for those reasons, he was injured last night. Um, But not ever having that consistent second guy, Clay. 16 points a game. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, that's good. But when you're shooting 34% from the field, it's uh, not so good. So a lot of questions as Golden State moves into the offseason. Draymond Green could yeah. opt out. Like, word is that the, him and the Warriors are already looking at a multi-year extension. Um, and, that, I mean, that, that makes sense. That's fine. And I think if you moved him, I think Steph would be a little upset. Um but where where's the money going? I, I don't know. It feels like a, a spot for him to leave for me. Any like team come to mind right away? Or? Of course, everybody wants to just chuck out the Lakers. But what about the Suns? What about the Suns? I I don't know. <laughs> KD KD and him I was mean, I have uh I mean if someone has value in Chris Paul I guess maybe. Well, I just I also just saw and I know we haven't got to this. Suns game yet, but that the Suns are looking to shop Chris Paul, which I am all for. So, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. It seems like a spot for Draymond to leave, but then once you, once you kind of mention, uh, you know, keeping Steph happy and 
whatnot. Um, I guess it makes sense. Did you see Steve Kerr's comments after the game? Oh, which ones? I I did catch most of them. Oh, I just had a yeah. Okay, so right here. Two. So this is from Steve Kerr. To be fair, I think this team ultimately maxed out. We were barely in the playoff picture for most of the year. This is not a championship team. He was right. I mean, look yeah, at their road record. <laughs> they were eleven in thirty-one, eleven and thirty-one on the road this year. Um, he tried. He literally. I, I. I'm pretty confident that Steve Kerr tried every little combination he could try. And never found it this year. They just never found their pulse. Yeah, maybe, maybe just like I know Steph was, you know, dinged up here and there throughout the uh, season. Wiggins goes out. Pool wasn't great. Clay was. Had had good moments and had uh, what did he lead the league in three points three pointers made we said yep so it's it's not like you know Clay was terrible or anything like that he didn't have a good series but um so I don't know maybe it's just like a weird year for them and of course the road the road uh, struggles definitely is something that needs to be addressed and that's tough to kind of fix I guess is am I right like how do you fix playing better on the road. Yeah, I other, other you know than playing better. <laughs> it's it's crazy because it felt like they figured it out in the Sacramento series, but LA did all they needed to split the first two games, when went at home, and that's exactly how it went. So the road struggles continued to show up, but man, last series when they won that game five and game seven in Sacramento, it was kind of like oh, they figured it out. It's just the playoffs. They have this switch they can flick. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. It's just inexcusable to go 11 and 31 on the road. And that record alone put them in a situation that they were in today. If you if this same team, let's say we get the same team next year. What do you like? What do you predict? I know way too early predictions, uh, NBA predictions. for. Next Are you year. asking me if this is the end of the dynasty? <laughs> I guess I am without. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's I think. I, I, I just you I, I'm gonna say the same thing I said this year. I don't feel confident in their team, but I'm never writing them off. I, I'm still gonna yeah. have them as a title contender. Uh they still I mean they're gonna be a year older. Like these guys are starting to get old. But Draymond's uh Draymond's beard is like half gray now. So the boys are starting to get a little old. Steph just had like our, like one of the best seasons of his career, no? Yep. Yep. It's weird, man. It's weird. Um I I'm Wiggins full year Wiggins. Year Wiggins, I feel like it's the when I when we say end of the dynasty, and I know we don't want to get too off topic with this, but when we say end of the dynasty, what does that mean to you? Like no more they, championships, no more championships. Okay, a dynasty can only be made on championships, multiple championships, and that's why I think like they're the only current dynasty right now. Um, yep. So uh, me saying end, I'm saying no more. No, I think you had a great answer. Um, I don't think they're in a great spot, but next year if they come out and roll, nobody would be surprised. You can't really ever count them out. <laughs> the way they shoot the three and just Steph and Clay and how special they are. I mean, two of two of the top five shooters of all time. Maybe two of the top three. Maybe two of the top two. They um, they have some things to fix, though. I will say that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they. So the, obviously, when we look at the roster, they're trying to bridge this new core with this older core. Uh, 
I don't know that like you have to make the decision. Like, are you going to go younger? Or are you going to go try to win now? I think as long as you have stuff on your roster, you have to win now. You might have to trade some of these younger guys to get better in pieces that help make this team better. The biggest difference from this team in pretty much all their other teams that they've had in the past, their bench was extremely weak this year. And Steve Kerr just ran out of stuff last night. He just, DiVincenzo was phenomenal. But he was in foul trouble. Jordan Poole was in foul. Everyone was in foul trouble last night. And uh, I think Steve Kerr said it like they're not good when they foul and they fouled all year. So they have to figure out something for this defense. Yeah. um, When push comes to shove, you can only do so much. And they they just didn't have it. Let's uh, let's look at the Lakers side real quick. Um, We'll worry about the next series kind of, but just an absolute legacy performance from AD in the series. He needed to be the guy. Um, he, He wasn't his best, but he played very well and gave the Warriors so many challenges in the middle that ultimately was just too much. It's uh, kind of why I've always wanted to see this Bucks, uh, Bucks Warriors final because I think Giannis do- could dominate the middle of the paint in ways that the Warriors just don't have enough answers for. And, you know, I just think this is a huge moment in AD's career to where now if he can stay healthy for a few years and string things together, all of a sudden I think if we're not already looking at him as a potential Hall of Famer, we definitely will be uh and I think this, we're going to go back and be like, remember that Warrior series he had? He really dictated it. And uh, just Anthony Davis has been incredible. And I think he deserves a lot of love for what he has done. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if I've, uh, you know, totally just like dumped on AD throughout the season. But there's been times where it's just been like, he's just been frustrating because like he, we know he's capable of this. It's he's just very injury prone at times. He almost seems, I would say, soft during the season anyway, um, or at, at least it just gives that sense just because he is injured so often. And of course, it could be legitimate injuries, and that's part of the game. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm I'm just happy kind of for him and to see a player of his caliber performing where he should be. Um, that it's as fans and as people who watch the NBA as closely as we do and watch and kind of analyze it, essentially seeing very good players with exceptional talent, just underperform is very frustrating and they're human. Obviously injuries happen. They can have off nights, this and that, but I'm very glad that we can see Anthony Davis performing at this level at this stage in the game. Um, it's just good basketball. It's just good for the sport. And and for the NBA as a whole. Uh, so you said it. I, I, he's building a, this playoff run is, is career and, and legacy building for him. Um, you mentioned Hall of Fame. I think you do. People do go back and look at moments and stretches like this in his career. And I, I think that's a strong case for it. Oh, you hear Steve. I, oh, I should probably, yeah, I should have oh, probably went on me. Yeah. Oh, don't let me ride solo here. <laughs> um, LeBron and AD were obviously very good in the series, but what also needs to be mentioned is D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, Dennis Schroeder, all averaging double digits, and then Rui averaging eight points and Jared Vanderbilt only averaging 3.3. But the fact that they have seven of their eight guys who can give you at least eight points 
is uh, makes it just makes life very difficult, especially when they're playing of the level of defense in which they played. We have not saw LeBron have this. Jamie said it. We have not seen him have this many guys who can score, and it's really allowed him to pick and choose the spots he wants to attack. Thirty-eight, kind of dealing with this injury potentially still. Um, I think I think the role players deserve a ton of credit, and we're not sitting here talking about the Lakers today. If these, if this is not their roster, if we're looking at it was what it was in the first half, this isn't even a playoff team in my opinion, and that's just. Uh, mind-blowing to me that we could change half our roster at the deadline and be this good two months after just playing together these teams most of these teams have played together all year it's only taken the lakers two months to figure this out with this roster i think uh, i saw magic johnson tweet this too but uh do you give rob palinka like his flowers here he went out and made the trades something wasn't working um finally made the trades changed up the personnel here and and now they're in the western conference finals and of course everybody's like well i would assume a lot of people are pulling for there's just the lakers fan base is just huge out there obviously so i think a lot of people are pulling for them to get to the finals um and i even if they don't even if they were to lose in the western conference finals like you gotta i just think you gotta give him his flowers for going out changing this Lakers turning around their season. It's it's pretty remarkable. Um, so amongst the role players that, you know, shout out, that's just good ownership. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like I said earlier, uh, Austin Reeves last night, uh, whew, I mean, to have options like that for the Lakers and for guys to step up, even if it is just, you know, we're talking Vanderbilt or Rui or D'Lo, um, whether it's, you know, taking a charge, even if it's just going out there like, getting the the all the plays that don't show up in the stat sheet like having good role players just goes so far and the Lakers um their role players have really stepped up and I think they're they're in a spot where um you know without going in too much to next series that these role players for the Lakers I, I feel are just very strong maybe amongst the best of the teams uh left and I think the Celtics might have a good kind of uh case with for their role players too but i mean they stepped up big time for the lakers perfect segue mike you're getting good at this yeah you know i'm trying because we're going to go into the denver phoenix series right now but as we just saw in that series the denver phoenix series you have to have a bench to beat them in a series phoenix did not <sighs> let me just take a second here because this is going to take a minute here the phoenix suns mike are in hot water. Oh, People are saying we've we're seeing all the they can trade eight and they're gonna try and trade eight and they're gonna try and trade Chris Paul. They're gonna shop all. The, who wants those guys? Who wants thirty nine year old Chris Paul who runs out of gas or gets hurt in the postseason every year? This is the third fourth year in a row straight of that. You know who probably does? <laughs> the Lakers. Well, maybe, but I was gonna say the Bulls might be in desperate need of a point guard, but. Okay, um, that make because if you're gonna say the Lakers, I can't. I, everyone's saying the Lakers. I don't buy it. Why are the Lakers getting no, rid of these role no, players no. that they just acquired? Like, I, I that's the name I hear. They're the favorite. Like, no just, sense to me. That's just the people talking, right? I, I mean, the Lakers are in a very good spot. Like, take this team. You don't have to change anything, and if they just play well to start the season next <laughs> year, like they're gonna be, I would, I would say, fine as in comfortably making the playoffs. I could be wrong there, but yeah, I don't know. Chris Paul, to me, 
with and I and I I know I've <laughs> I I give a lot of Chris Paul hate, but to me, is he not in the in the spot of like backup point guard? Yeah, but I don't think he. A, I think he makes too much too much money to be a backup point guard. I don't. Is he willing to accept that? Because I feel like he's not. I could be wrong. I don't know either. Um, I would say no. I think the there's too much of an ego there. But I don't. He there's nothing about Chris Paul right now that's like is uh, attractive to me if I'm a team. Um, and DeAndre Ian, I think <laughs> there might be some teams that bite on him. Um. Did I see the Bulls interested in him too? Did you see it or did you say it? Did, I didn't hear you. I think I know. I think I saw the Bulls might be interested in Nate. Uh, I wouldn't surprise me. Boot um, replacement, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if I love it, but no. You see, no, the you Suns don't. are in a rough spot, and without going too much into the Bulls, because why do we need to bring the Bulls <laughs> up at this point? I mean, the Bulls are just in an awful spot in the NBA. Um. So I don't I don't know uh, if they would be interested. Uh, whatever, <laughs> if they get him, like sure, just like let's just figure something out. But I don't know what other teams might be interested in Aiden. But uh, to me, this he he had a he had a bad series. He got exposed by Jokic, and boy, the max contract they gave him is looking kind of kind of dumb at this point. Yeah, it's uh, uh it's yeah. definitely it's just tough to sell right now. And the new CBA makes it very tough to have three max contracts, especially trying to build around three max contracts. Not sure anyone's putting DeAndre Ayton on their team. Like, yeah, this is one of my max contracts. Feeling good about it. Um, the big knock on Ayton, I understand he had a tough series or a tough matchup with Jokic. Um, I understand all this and that. The effort, man. Like some, like there's just videos everywhere, like of five, six, seven times a game where he's just standing around while the rebounds happening right next to him, and he's just standing there watching, like he don't give a shit. And it's just like you don't think T. Go ahead. No, I said just good luck. Like yeah, go get. Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't think all these other teams are seeing that. Like this guy's value is crazy low, and thinking you're getting something valuable or something maybe even of use for this guy. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe someone gives you a bunch of role players, like two, three role players for him. I don't see it happening. Uh, he makes way too much money. Um, I, 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 that's what I say. I, 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 um, go ahead. I think if I had to pick a team that would be interested in him, Mavericks. Need a center? <sighs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, they're desperate, too, so that's a thing that could work. But, like, does Maxi Kleba and Reggie Bullock, like, excite you if you're the Suns? Uh, well. <laughs> For a guy you just gave a max to, it's just hard, man. I mean, can they... <laughs> can they... <laughs> what if they get Kyrie back in Phoenix? <laughs> what can yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, that uh, would I, I, I wouldn't now that now that <laughs> isn't as crazy as it might seem, and maybe that right. something could work because those two seem to really like each other. But um, I don't like I don't know Kyrie, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. I don't think Dallas wants to hold on to Kyrie. I think they do for the talent, I guess, but I just don't. That's something about for asset stake. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dynamic of it doesn't seem right. But I think, and then maybe they can do a sign and trade with Kyrie to acquire DeAndre Ayton. But um, oof, I, I don't know. Dallas has a ton of questions. Um, but the guy, the guy we have to talk about, Mike here, and we don't have to go too crazy about it. But 
just Kevin Durant. Like it just kind of is starting to get to the point where it feels like can Kevin Durant just like change a series like the way he used to? Um uh since other outside of Golden State, I don't know the last time he's been to the conference finals. Maybe eleven when they went to the championship. No, sorry, it would have been uh the year it would have been sixteen. So he's even been to the conference finals since 2016 when he blew a 3-1 lead to Golden State without the Warriors. Uh, there's just got to be a ton of questions about this. I, I know we see and we look at him. He's this all-time scorer. He's an all-time great player. His resume has a million holes. And whether it's fair to judge it or not, I don't know. But when we're talking about all-time greats, there's not a lot of top 10, 15 guys that have holes like he does in his resume. Yeah, um, this maybe is not even a hot take, but it's, it's just true for what I've thought. Kevin, I, I like Kevin Durant just seemed to like not be that influential in this series. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think you could say that for maybe the last two years of series, three years of series he's played in. It just feels like I almost like I don't want to say I forgot he's out there, but to me, it's just like, oh, that's like a, <laughs> not like. When you hear Kevin Durant, you know, a ton of things come to mind uh, in terms of just like his just his basketball skill, essentially. But I don't know. To me, it just seemed almost like a glorified boy. Do I say glorified role player? I I don't know. I just didn't just didn't seem like he uh, had quite an impact on this series. Obviously, the games they won, he's probably getting 25, 27, somewhere in there. But to me, it's just like the main thing. The main players that stuck out to me are like obviously Jokic, Booker, um, Jamal Murray. I, like I like I was more keened in on him and his performance than it was Kevin Durant. And then like then I go back to like eight and I'm like the lack of performance. So he just seemed to be in the background for me this series. And I don't know. Yeah, I think his success is without that Golden State run. Um, you know, he hasn't proven that he's or at least at this point I guess in his career really taking over a, a series successfully I, I don't know how to word that I guess because that just doesn't it's weird right. no it's weird it's um I don't know he has a ton of holes in his resume I don't know that he has a place that he can consider home that a city just loves this guy to death that every uh, I don't know that I think there's going to be a ton of questions and he has a lot to answer and I think this Phoenix thing looked beautiful at first, but looking at it right now, I have to shake off that trader. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, let's uh, let's let's flip this, man, because we got to talk about the the player who deserves to be talked about. The player that said that needed validated for two MVPs. He couldn't win a third um, because we just haven't seen him do it in the playoffs. And yada yada yada. Don't need to hear about it no more, Mike. Nikola Jokic might be, if not is, the best player in the world. 34.5 points, 13.2 rebounds, 10 assists per game. In a six-game series that featured Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic was the best player. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I I wrote this Denver team off uh, early this year. Wasn't a fan of them. Didn't think they could win a series like this. They've proved me wrong, and um, I just think Nikola Jokic deserves every flower that every every person uh, didn't give him because there's no more questions about this guy. This guy is going to go down as a top five center probably to ever play. Yeah, and I, that's not even like 
hot take. <laughs> uh, I don't. I know some people might, you know, maybe old heads hate that, but what he's doing right now, I, we don't talk about he. What did he have? Just four triple doubles in this series. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I feel like that's... and they and they've won with those triple doubles, except for like one of them. Yeah, I just don't. I feel like we're not. I don't know. Are we taking him for granted? Are we doing that right now? That's why I. That's why I think he deserves his best player in the world, Flowers. He de- he deserves that because what more does this guy have to do? He went to the conference finals in the bubble, and then he told me well, bubble wasn't real basketball. Well, he's back now. Now now what? Now what? He doesn't have a title. Titles are hard to win. It's true, and it's in a league that's ever growing with talent. Um. Yeah, I. I don't know. It just feels like that. Like we're not 100% appreciating him and what he's doing in this series. So now this is his second Western Conference Finals. Again, not a championship, but you can't tell me that like he doesn't impact. Like he's not just like going out there. He has like great seasons and then his team like just loses. I mean, he's out here getting his team to the finals again or the Western Conference Finals. So I don't know. I think there is a, a certain hate around. Jokic or an underappreciation. And I think a lot of what he does get slept on, and this sounds so like stupid, but I think he's just kind of viewed as like a a goofy, like big bodied um I don't know, center that like it doesn't have flashy moves or anything, but gets the, the stat line. So it's crazy, but like numbers don't lie, man, and he is out here just tearing up the playoffs right now. I think a big part of it is he's not the type of best player in the world we're used to. We're used to Kevin Durant. We're used to LeBron, maybe Giannis, maybe Kawhi. Um, Those kinds of guys. If we're talking centers, we were talking about like Dwight Howard. We were talking about uh, uh, Shaq and like all these big guys. What Jokic just does is just so different than anything we've not saying ever because we could go way back to the 70s and, you know, Wilt and all them were doing this, but. Not to the level that yeah. Nikola Jokic does it at, man. The offense rolls through him. The offense bleeds through him. I personally am one to say that I think he's more dangerous as a passer. And, like, maybe you don't double him, but then he has 35 a game this series. Not a lot of holes in his game right now, Mike. Um, not a lot of holes in his game. Jamal Murray had his games, didn't. Michael Porter Jr. had his games, didn't. He doesn't have a consistent role. Uh, supporting cast like so many other stars do. His second best player, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. Like, which one? Take your pick because if we're looking, that's like average in the league for a second best player. At best, that's average. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think this next series with them and the Lakers are going to be a ton of fun. Any final points on this series? Uh, for Suns and Nuggets, no. Um, not really. Is it legacy damaging to KD? I think we m- might have mentioned that in a different pod. I think Jamie, Jamie <laughs> yeah. said this. No, I forget what Jamie said, but I think he had a point on it. Yeah, I mean, it, at some point, I, I believe that this stuff has to add up. Like, we can't just sit here and say that everybody needs to do this and that, and Kevin Durant doesn't. Like, Kevin Durant hasn't proved anything outside of playing for potentially the top three dynasty all time i think he just gets the the slightest of passes i'm not saying i'm giving him the pass maybe i am but i think just as a as a whole the 
the media and kind of the basketball lens is giving him the slightest of passes for this season. Um, just for getting traded in the middle of the year, obviously he like wanted that. Um, and the Suns like still have to figure it out and no bench. So I think like that, I feel like it's he gets he's getting a little bit of a pass because if this were from the start of the year, then I think he'd be getting a lot more rap for it. Yeah, I mean it could be a pass, but I I think I just there's always this he he's one guy that we always find a reason to give a pass for. And maybe it's because he doesn't play in the finals every year. I'm not sure. But if he was being held to the critique of LeBron, you can critique LeBron for leaving LeBron. Every time LeBron has left, A, he has improved the franchise. He's brought them to the finals and he's won a finals for every single team he has played for in his career. Kevin Durant has only done that for one team. Yeah, but I also feel like we can't compare. And I'm not saying you're doing this, but I I feel like we can't compare – Every all these superstars in the NBA to LeBron and Steph because I I think they're just a different Agreed. breed. I think it's I think for LeBron it's his greatness. For Steph, obviously it's his greatness too. But the system he's played in and the and and a dynasty. I mean, we 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 said it and we said it again. Winning a championship's hard. Getting there is just hard too. And I, like, how many how many superstars do you think like just in the NBA like may not even reach the finals? Like I can't say. Like, I don't know if Luca will reach a finals. I'm not saying it's, he won't, but it's, I don't know, like, if SGA is going to reach the finals. I don't know if, we don't know if Embiid is going to. Uh, it's just wild to say. Jokic. Like, Jokic, 100%. So, I don't know. A- anyway, we, we could talk about that for a while. My final point on that is I am fine with that, Mike, but that means we remove his name out of the top 15 conversation because Steph and LeBron are in the top 15. And that's why we talk about them in that light. And if Kevin Durant wants to be in that light, then we have to talk about those things. That's all I'm saying. Let's move into our other upset. The Miami Heat, the darling, the team that was down at halftime to the Bulls in the play-in. Lives on the line. Come in. Beat the Bucs. Take care of business against the Knicks. And as we all predicted, are in the Eastern Conference Finals awaiting their date in a game seven that happens tomorrow at 3.30. Mike, Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, the guy who just doesn't stop going, man. He believes that he always has a chance. And just, there's not enough words to put in to, uh, not, not enough words to say on what he has done for the Miami Heat. Third conference finals in the, in what, four or five years span now? I I think Jimmy Butler deserves a lot, a lot, a lot. A hundred percent. I agree. Um, and I, (laughs) I gotta laugh. I, I genuinely forgot that the, they played the bulls in the, in the, the plan, man, if the bulls, if the bulls won, they probably would have been here right now. Right. They probably would have been. (laughs) That's how it works. Right. It's gotta be it. (laughs) Um, yeah. Jimmy Butler, man, is that dude. Um, that also just loved him from, when he was on the bulls, but this guy is just a competitor. I mean, I want to say, is he, do you find him great at any one thing basketball wise? No, the you only know, thing I, that makes yeah. him great is it, whatever yeah. that it is that no one's ever figured out. That's it. Obviously like a, a, a very strong attacks the basket. Well, a good, uh, you know, defender. range, like we, a great defender. Like we could say all that stuff, but it's not like, 
it's not like uh, Steph Curry. This guy's an incredible shooter. You know, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, Jokic, incredible passer and, and great, like phenomenal around the basket. It's just Jimmy Butler goes out there, can play a basketball game in whatever capacity. And I think you genuinely can plug him in whatever game almost. And I would say whatever era and the guy's just going to get it done. Um, and he's shown that this isn't like a fluke thing. Like I think bubble Jimmy and all that, like, no, this it's not bubble Jimmy. It's Jimmy Butler who can go out there and get it done. Um, and to the Miami, Heat as a, as a whole, and I'm going to talk about this again, when we talk about the Knicks is they just have guys that step up and, and help them, uh, you know, get to get to where they need to be and win games and, and step into their roles. I think the Heat are a team that, to me, ha- like their role players are like well-defined, well-established, and they, they have been playing them very well. I don't know. They're, they're not as um, top tier as I would say some of the like the, the Lakers and the Celtics role players are, but they had guys that stepped up, and uh, obviously that made a difference here in the series. Six guys, again, six guys averaging double figures. Jimmy Butler went from averaging, I think it was 36.7 in round one. Uh, In round two, he only averaged 24.6. So what happened? A, the Knicks are a little lesser, but bam, 18.7. Max Drews, 14.7. Kyle Lowry, 12.2. Caleb Martin, 10.5. A guy that's gotten a lot of love lately. Deserves it. Played well again. Uh, Gabe Vincent, 10.3. Yeah, Jamie. Gabe Vincent, you know the name. Um, but yeah, just the heat role players, like as much credit in all the respect that goes to Jimmy is definitely fair and deserving the role players, this series, huge, huge, huge. Uh, and you know, I didn't know that they necessarily had the depth, but then they, they do, they do. Jim Bam has proven himself yet again, that he's going to be one of these guys. Um, and yeah, he has these waves up and down. Uh, last series, I was kidding about him and Bobby Portis, but he answers all the questions in this series. It's, um, I don't know. And if we're being honest, I think next series, this Miami team might be looking a little better with them potentially having Tyler Hero back, a guy that we forgot about. Um, so we're talking about Jimmy Butler getting their second, Jimmy Butler in the heat, getting their second best offensive player back. And who knows what that opens up for Miami? Um, they just took Boston to seven games last year. I think they could compete with Philly in a series. I think Miami is just a team that I think if you're going to write off next round, I think you're sadly mistaking and you will regret the result because I think it's just going to be a tough series. And I just think this team's DNA is it's just tough as hell, man. They don't quit. They don't fight. And the only the only team, the only people that they need to believe in them is themselves and that's the only people that have believed them and believed in them. And then this is where they are. It's time to, it's time to look at this team as a real finals competitor. Yeah. They just have like winning playoff basketball pedigree. And it's, it stems from Spolstra and this, excuse me, his time with, uh, you know, with LeBron and, and D Wade and Bosch in that era. Um, clearly he, uh, you're dealing with obviously different players, uh, hall of famers to be exact. And so, Winning sometimes is a, is a little easier, but it's not like Spolstra. It, you don't have to say like, "Oh, we just chucked the you know Bosch, Wade, and LeBron out there and we won." You could have somebody probably had that argument back then, but obviously Spolstra is able to do it with this group. That if we're being honest, like they play well. There's good players. Uh, we've talked about Bam. We've talked about Jimmy, but 
this this team isn't really star studded like some of the other teams in the league that we talk about often. So kudos for for the the team as a whole. Uh, you know, everybody who's is out there like as I said knowing their role and for Spolcha being able to coach these guys, Jimmy's leadership. I mean, that makes for a dangerous team in the playoffs. Especially when you got Udonis Haslam on the bench. That's right, the OG. <laughs> he said he's going to retire this year, 42 years old. Uh, <laughs> right after a championship. Or, right, yeah, well. He, uh, yeah, it's so funny because the story on them all year was like, Udonis couldn't stand him. There was, there was, I think there might have been a fight in a huddle or something, if I yeah, recall. Something like that. This, it's just such a weird story, and here we are. Again, as crazy as it is for the Lakers, it's probably twice as crazy for the Miami Heat. Um, and they had to get through Milwaukee in the first round. Obviously, the Knicks are a little lesser than that. Um, but the Knicks were still good in the postseason as we transition into the Knicks, Mike. Jalen Brunson, man. I Yeah, we... Yeah, basketball is more more than just the stars and yada, yada, yada. Yes, Jalen Brunson made a late mistake. Jalen Brunson was absolutely phenomenal yet again in this game. Um, I think moving forward, the Knicks have to feel really good with where they are. And uh, the biggest reason being Jalen Brunson is going to be there when it matters the most. And he shows up. He's tough as nails. 48 minutes in game five. Only sat. Uh, shoot, I don't have it pulled up, but only sat like two minutes and 59 seconds, maybe three minutes in game six and just made every right decision, makes one little mistake at the end. But you're not in that situation without him, Mike. What are your thoughts on the play of Jalen Brunson this postseason? I'm going to I'm going to talk about a couple stats here. The first is his points per game man. 31 a game in this series. Incredible. Dude went out there and performed every game. Um, I I. On the Mavericks, I Jalen Brunson was just kind of again another player to me. I hate to put it like that. This year, I, I set it as a most improved player. Um, I've I watched him a lot. I feel in New York, I I really love Jalen Brunson. Love everything he plays hard every play. Um, out there grinding, like wants to win. You can see it in him. There's some other teammates of his that I don't think share that same passion, and I think it shows. Uh, I can think of one in particular. Um. I don't know. So, man's just going out there performing. But so I'll, I'll mention the points there at thirty-one a game. You said it, Steve. He played the whole game, one game. Uh, I don't know what he. I don't know where he was that last game for minutes. I think you said he went out for a bit, right? Three um, minutes, and it flipped. It went from eleven-point game to tie. Yeah, but he and he, but he averaged forty-two minutes a game for the series. That's just. I mean, it's just wild, man. It, it's. I mean, Jim, I'm looking at Jimmy, too, 41 minutes. You got to put your best players out there, and, and they got to perform well. And just hats off to Jalen Brunson for doing that this series and, and for this uh, for this season, really. I think it's, you know, given life to a lot of New York Knicks fans. What hasn't given life to a lot of New York Knicks fans as we move into the offseason are Julius Randle, for sure. And I think the question of R.J. Barrett is getting... In New York, I think it's getting real. I liked how RJ played this postseason. Um, I think if you don't know the background of RJ Barrett, I think we would have thought he played well this postseason after the first two games in uh, in Cleveland. Definitely had moments, right? Like definitely had moments where he came up short. Um, I don't know. I don't know what is next for this team. Mitchell Robinson was abysmal in this series. I thought. 
I like Quentin Grimes, another guy who played 48 minutes in game five. Um, I like Emmanuel quickly. Josh Hart kind of didn't have the impact that he had against the Cavs. Um, Obi Toppin, not really sure. Julius Randle, definitely not sure. I don't what I don't know what's next for this New York team, but I'm assuming they're going to be in the market for one of these stars that are available this summer. They have the plus draft capital. They have a lot of tradable guys and contracts. Evan Fournier is going to be a nice little trade chip for them. I'm interested to see what's up next with this New York Knicks team, uh, Mike. What do you think happens this summer with these guys? I think they definitely have to make some moves, man. I le- I would love to see kind of the progression of Emmanuel quickly. Josh Hart, I think, is incredible. Like you mentioned, although maybe not a strong series. What do you do with, like, Evan Fournier? Um, do you I, – I think they just – did they extend Mitchell Robinson? I think – yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's he, – well, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I don't mind that. I think Mitchell Robinson's a pretty decent player, but – yeah. I, mean, I think he had two points last night. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you just need more of a post presence uh, scoring-wise. Uh, defensive, he's all there. Obviously, shot blocker alters a lot of shots, rebounding. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like you need a, a post presence to score. I think they're okay with R.J. Barrett. I think he had signs. He had a very subpar year overall, but yeah. I think he had signs in the playoffs that they they liked i think they want to kind of move forward with that julius Randle, i think is i mean hey it's it's tough because he he had the i think comeback play of the year and that the stretch they had in the playoffs a few years ago um yep. you know like you, you kind of are holding on to that with him but i think you gotta take it for what it is i think he had a great run that season but I don't know. I just don't know if he's what you need to for success with this team. Uh, when I'm talking about the passion and the urgency to win games, I don't know if I always see that from him. His decision-making isn't great to me. I don't know. I, I don't want to like hate on him too much because uh, he, he, he can be a very good player, and he's all-NBA, <laughs> third-team all-NBA. So what, <laughs> That's what's crazy, right? You know, like it's what we can only say so much, but... I don't know. Um, just something about it seems they, they just a different flow at times with him. Maybe I'm I, reading that into that too much. I think they're just watching closely for all these stars. I think they're ready to find the guy, right? They're finally in a position where they can attract a big superstar. I think they're just waiting to see who becomes available this summer, and I think that's where Julius Randall, uh, Julius Randall, Evan Fournier will go, plus draft capital. Um, and I think they're going to go in. It, I think they're going to be watching the Giannis situation closely. I don't, the Bucks aren't going to trade Giannis, but if they feel like they have an inkling that he might leave in a couple of years, I think they're going to be ready. I think they want to be in a spot where they can add someone. Ideally this summer, like I do the Clippers guys become available. Does Carl uh, Anthony Towns become available? Um, Zach what's, Levine, dude. what's going on in Chicago? Like there's guys that can be available that can help this team. I think they're gonna. I think they should be weighing their option, weighing their options on who's available and which one makes the most sense. Damian Lillard's available may be available this summer if he wants to leave. Oh man, I do like it. I do like it. Yeah, I mean, him and Brunson in the backcourt would be an interesting pairing, but those are two guys I bet on. Uh, they're two guys that show up to the uh, the occasion, and 
How would it work? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to sit down and really think about it. But I think the Knicks are in position to go get one of these stars. I think Thibs will be back. I think this is team's in a really good spot. And I think this is a summer where they got to go. It's time to put the foot on the gas and go. The Knicks fans have been waiting for this for so long. And you have a guy like Jalen Brunson who can attract other players now. And I think, like I said, they're in a good spot. And don't forget, Jalen Brunson's not on a max deal. We all, people were going crazy about that contract this offseason. I think we're feeling a little different about that contract now, Mike. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll just say, because I've mentioned role players a ton, but Jalen Brunson just no help this last game. I mean, Mm-mm. none. <laughs> uh, it, it, that's, it makes a difference, man. Um, that's why it. That's why I think they're lining up. They have to be. I, I think Half. They have to be. Um, you mentioned it. There's teams out there that, we don't know if superstars are going to be moving on from um, even just, I mean, I don't think again, more like help and role players uh, gets them to where they need to be, but if any pieces you can add to make this team better and kind of keep the this momentum going for the New York, New York Knicks is great. Um, but I think you're right. It's time to land a star. Absolutely. It's time. It's just, this is what the Knicks have been waiting for. They've been waiting for this top point guard. They got one time to hit the gas. Any final points on anything going on in the NBA, Michael? No, I think uh, I think we covered a lot. Um, a lot to talk about, obviously, with some series closing. So we, yeah, series closes about, yeah. brings up two different ends of the spectrum. You got to look at a team, look at what their off season is going to look like. We got to look at the other team, like they're getting ready to prepare for a series. So far, we know Lakers Nuggets. Then we're either going to have Heat Celtics or Heat Sixers. I think both those series are going to be incredible. Mike, mm-hmm. get us started as we get on out of here. Yeah, once again, everybody, thank you for your support. Um, before I forget, uh, happy Mother's Day to you know all the mothers out there. Um, yeah, we so we will be. This will be dropping tomorrow. Is that right, Steve? Tomorrow is in y- Sunday. Yes. Okay. And so we'll be obviously looking to see what happens in that. Um, Boston 76ers game and then we'll have a pod after that so yeah some good uh, some good round two series we had and we'll, we'll see what the next round brings after Sunday so thank you everybody and we'll talk to you next time Mike thank you for being on here Jamie again think we missed another legendary episode <laughs> from you can't wait to have you back looking to be recording Monday for our Tuesday or episode to drop Tuesday for the conference finals two of the best words in sports um it's been a long nba season it's been a lot of ups and downs we have two cinderellas down here down at the stretch looking like they're going to be matching up with two of the favorites that we've had in the preseason i don't know what's going to happen guys but the nba has been incredible i think this game seven a lot of different things can happen we have game seven and then we have a day off before we are playing to see who's in the finals can't wait to see what happens we will be here with you guys to cover it We will see you guys again on Tuesday morning. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Nothing But Net.